everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. On today's episode, we're going to finish up my little journey through the Old Testament, this time looking at the book of 1 Samuel and the God who unexpectedly shows up. start this episode by taking you back to Winter Youth Retreat. Now, if you've heard the beginning of my story, this is not the Winter Youth Retreat where we got in trouble for wearing just snow pants instead of snow pants with a skirt over top. This actually happened the year before that. So in the chronological story of my life, this Winter Youth Retreat happened after I was disillusioned at summer camp by the speaker who had all the rules, after I was trying to figure out who was the real God, but also after I had kind of settled down in my rebellion and was trying to be a good girl again. But before the winter youth retreat where I was pretty sure I had been brainwashed. So it was kind of like right in between there. And I was, if you look at pictures, I was um, trying to settle back into just doing the right thing, being the good girl, following Jesus, following the rules. Um, and yet at the same time, having this relationship with God on my own. So it was kind of a confusing time for me. So I'm going to take you to winter youth retreat. This is what this looks like, okay? So there was two cabins, and each cabin had four rooms, and one cabin was for the boys, one cabin was for the girls. It was a small little camp, northern Michigan, and there was a little dining hall. There was a cute little chapel where we had services. We had a sledding slide. It wasn't really a hill. It was like this thing you climbed up and tubed down. There was a pond, and it was really fun. Like We just had a lot of fun there, and morning started at 6.30 with prayer time in the chapel. And if you wanted to be spiritual, you would be there and have your hair curled and look beautiful so that you could possibly find a husband from one of the spiritual young men who was also at prayer meeting. Yes, fabulous. And um, anyway, so we I went every winter. I loved it. I loved hanging out with my friends. Unfortunately, I do feel like that's probably part of the places where I was um, pretty brainwashed with some stuff. Um, you know, they kind of really zeroed in on us teenagers trying to get us to follow the rules and the standards and live our lives in the way that they wanted us to. But at the same time, I really enjoyed it. Like it was just a really fun thing I looked forward to. And so this year in particular, I was doing my good girl thing and I had my friends and we were all, you know, going to prayer meeting and going to chapel and having good attitudes and wearing culottes over top of our snow pants. And it was, you know, a good year. And that year we had a speaker and his name was Pastor Johnny Jones. And he was actually not pastoring at the at the time. He was working in one of our training centers for my cultic organization. And I found out later that he was actually pretty disillusioned at this point. He had been just really hurt and wounded and was just kind of done with the organization and everything, really doubting a lot of stuff. But you didn't know that at the time. So he was there speaking to us for our winter retreat. And I remember that it was something that I was not expecting. Because even though at this point in time, I had a very real relationship with Jesus and I was asking the Holy Spirit to live through me and give me the power to do things, I wasn't so focused on standards and rules as much as I had been because I was just allowing the Spirit to live through me. But at the same time, I wasn't expecting what I got that weekend. And Pastor Johnny Jones was a big African-American man and he was just a wonderful person. Like he loved us. And knowing what I know now about his disillusionment, I think that kind of makes sense for what I was sensing from him. 
because there was almost this sense of like, he wanted to wake us up. He was, he wanted to just help us to see that God was real. And so I don't remember a whole lot of the sessions that he preached. I do remember that I was just feeling like, wow, this is, this is really good. This is amazing. But I remember the last night very, very clearly because it's as close as I've ever come to tasting a revival, if you want to say, where the spirit of God just kind of descends and shows up in very vivid, real ways. And we were having our last night's chapel service. And I don't even know how this got started. I just remember that he was asking us to just listen to the spirit. And if we felt like we were supposed to be, you know, sharing a verse or sing a song or whatever, he just wanted us to like be aware of the Holy Spirit of God. And stuff started happening. I mean, people just would stand up and share a verse that was on their heart or stand up and start singing. And we kind of joined in. And every time something would happen like that, he would look out at us and he would say in this just gentle voice, is there anything wrong with that? Is there anything wrong with that? Is there anything wrong with that? And it just felt so real. Like we were actively watching God. And I feel like in that time in our lives, we were just so we were controlled by religion. We were controlling ourselves through religion. And everything was just so human and so human controlled. And just so just to unexpectedly experience this corporate presence of God was just, I don't know, it was just kind of unreal. And not everyone felt it. Like there were certain kids that were like, this was stupid. Why were we here for like two hours, three hours, you know, in the chapel? But the kids that did feel it, I don't know if any of them have actually walked away from the faith. Like we've all changed, we've grown up and we, you know, we're different, but I'm pretty sure that everybody who actually experienced the spirit that night really just is still a believer. Weird. I mean, it was just a weird experience. It was amazing, but definitely weird. And then knowing what I know now after reading a book, just kind of exposing my organization, which I'll put that book in the notes of my podcast if you're curious. Um, actually, Pastor Johnny Jones was like a huge part of this book. And I was like, oh my gosh, he was going through some horrible things while he was there with us trying to reach us and trying to just, you know, tell us about the real God. So I guess that story just makes me think about First Samuel because God just unexpectedly showed up in my life at that winter retreat. And the next, the next winter retreat is the one when I would, you know, get in trouble and then very soon was out of the organization and just kind of doing my own thing following Jesus the best I knew how without all these rules and standards. But when I look at 1 Samuel, as I'm reading the 1 Samuel, that was one of the first things that just stuck out to me was that God just kind of unexpectedly showed up in ways that people weren't expecting. And when I finished up Judges, if you remember, um, Judges comes first, then Ruth is kind of in there, and then 1 Samuel. And Judges just ends on this really dark note. Like if you read the end of Judges, it is just disturbing. Like some of the things that happen are just horrible. And it's one of those things where we have to remember that everything in the Bible isn't prescribed, like God doesn't want everything that's there to happen. Some of it is just described. He's describing history of what happened in this period of the nation of Israel when there really wasn't anybody that was leading them spiritually. And the very end of Judges, Judges 21, 25, it says that everybody was doing what was right in their own eyes. So everyone was just doing their own thing. And that's kind of the place where First Samuel jumps in. Like it's really this dark time corporate worship was kind of a mess. 
Um, it talks about the high priest Eli and his sons. And, and Eli seems to have a relationship with God, but his sons are just a mess. They're doing all kinds of things that they shouldn't be doing. And so it's just it's just interesting. You jump into the, the beginning of 1 Samuel, and the first thing you see is two people, Hannah and Elkanah, who are coming to worship God at the tabernacle. And they appear to have this real relationship with him. Like they seem to really know God and they want to honor him with their sacrifices. And they're coming to just, you know, seek him. And I thought that's that's really cool. Like here's these people who just, they just know God anyway. Like even though it's a mess, they still know who God is and he's still seeking after them. And I love that because I feel like it's easy for us to look around and feel like, you know, corporate worship is kind of a mess in America too. Like, you know, we've got all these programs, we've got all these big churches, but like, are we really following Jesus? Do we really know the real God? Or is it just religion? Is it just programs? Is it just smoke machines and fancy lattes? I mean, you know, it can get discouraging. And especially if you've experienced church hurt and stuff like that, it can be really discouraging. Like, where is the real God? And yet here are these people in the middle of this just dark time who are seeking after him and who have found him. Like, he wants to be found. And I love that. Like, I just right away, it's like, wow, that's awesome. And the next thing that stuck out to me, in 1 Samuel 3, 1, it says the word of the God, of God was rare. So the word of the Lord was rare in those days. and There was no frequent vision. The idea like God's just not speaking. He's not speaking to people. It's just a rare thing to have that happen. And yet in chapter 2, like the chapter before that, this random unnamed man of God shows up and gives the priest Eli a prophecy about his sons. And I was like, wait a minute, where did this guy come from? They just call him a man of God. He just shows up and he disappears again. He doesn't have a name. He doesn't have a place. We know nothing else but his story. And yet in this dark time, here's this guy who's a prophet of God. He's a man of God. He's seeking after God. He's found God. He has a relationship with God. And God just has unexpectedly showed up in his life. And then, as you know, God calls the boy Samuel. And it very specifically says that this is before Samuel even knows God. So Samuel doesn't even know the Lord. He doesn't, he doesn't know him personally. And God just shows up and calls him and speaks to him and pursues this relationship with him. And Samuel ends up becoming, you know, this great prophet of God who goes on to anoint the first two kings of Israel. So I just think about that. And I think about my own life and the times when God has just unexpectedly showed up. And it's not just when I was a kid or when I was a teenager in my cultic organization. I feel like God unexpectedly shows up a lot. And I love that about him. And I think about, you know, even in the very beginning when I first met God, if you remember that part of my story, like I was just doing my religious thing. I was just being a good girl who was praying a prayer that my mother told me to pray. And as I'm praying through the names of God, like the presence of God just is suddenly there with me in my bedroom. And I'm blown away because I realize he's real. And I just love that. And it's not that I've always felt the presence of God because I haven't. I mean, there's been times it's just been very dry or dark for a while. And yet God always shows back up again. And the more I've gotten to know him, the more I just recognize that he's not always in the big fancy things. And if you're familiar with the prophet Elijah, you'll know that. Like he wasn't in the whirlwind. He wasn't in the fire. He was in the whisper. And I feel like that's so true in my own life. Like as I've gotten to know the presence of God, he doesn't always come in big fancy ways. And just because you experience some kind of big emotional thing at, you know, a conference or a worship service or whatever, that doesn't necessarily mean it really is God. 
And I just find that so interesting. Like here is this huge, all-powerful, massive, uncomprehendable God of the universe. And yet so often he shows up in these quiet ways. He's in this whisper. He's an unnamed person who just comes and speaks truth to us and disappears again. He's in the quiet daily relationship that people have with him, just faithful relationship with God. And as I've gotten to know God, like that's that's how he usually is. The spirit is usually this quiet presence who's just with me. And it's so easy for us to feel like, oh, I can't feel God or I'm just missing him because things aren't, you know, as big as they used to be or I just haven't felt that thing the tangles, the holy, whatever. But the Holy Spirit says he's with us always. Like if we have trusted Jesus as our savior, the Holy Spirit lives within us and he is here. He doesn't go away. I am with you always, Jesus said. So I think we just need to recognize that. Like he's here with us, but it might be quieter than we think it's going to be. And it might be unexpected and it might just take some faith and it might just take trusting and recognizing that it's not something big and fancy. And so as I finish this little series through the Old Testament, just this unexpected God who uses broken people and doesn't condemn them, who breaks his own law to allow a fourth generation Moabite to build his temple, and who unexpectedly shows up in just these dark spiritual times with words and relationship and whatever. I love that. And I really hope this has encouraged you. And I hope that this series has just helped you to maybe just knock that fake God off your little shelf and, you know, just really realize the God in your head, he just might not be real. And that the very real God is so full of love and mercy, even as he is huge and terrifying. That's that tension theology again. I'm excited to talk about more actually. Because after this, I'm going to go through this little series talking about tension theology. I want to talk about the awkward middle way. I want to talk about the theology of me. And I'm going to somewhere in there end up with just some signs of spiritual wolves because they're out there. And I just want to encourage you to be paying attention. Is the person that you're listening to actually really speaking words from God? Or are they a wolf, a wolf in sheep's clothing, as the Bible calls them, or a false teacher? So, Anyway, I'm excited to share that with you guys next, next little series. And as always, until then, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.